This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is BFM 89.9. I'm Kusu Chong with Wong Shaoning. It is uh, right about 6 in the morning, 30th of June 2022. It's actually quite a momentous date because it is right on the edge of the second half of the of the year, actually. Where did six months go, Chuang? Um, uh, well, uh, water under the bridge is just flown by. <laughs> it's just uh, undercurrents, eddies, yeah, eddies but and swirls. It is a slightly different six months when we compare it to a year ago, right? I mean, to be fair, a lot of us are out and about. Many of us have taken our first trips uh, overseas. Some of us have taken planes, trains to travel to a new city. It, we are transitioning, so a little bit of uh, good news there. Do you know what I'm suffering from? I'm suffering from memory loss of the last two years. I ca- actually can't remember much of what happened during lockdown. It, it was a cloud. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was um, a cloud. Some some people have these memory blocks, you know, and uh, the, well, to be fair, I didn't do a lot during lockdown. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's just age. Of, I did a lot of relaxing and bludging about... Um, Maybe yeah. it was just, it's just age, Chuang, which Maybe, you don't want to admit. Um, what's your name again? I can't just, just, <laughs> just slipped off my tongue. <laughs> Terrible. But don't worry. So so what's your plan for the next half of the year, my dear? Uh, work, work, work and more work. Do you know that, uh, that uh, I hate to say it, work is a four-letter word that ends with K. Yeah, I know. So if anybody, <laughs> anybody wants to endure what I'm enduring or maybe is curious about life on the morning run, we are looking for presenters. Um, so do you do WhatsApp in your CV 018-789-8899 or you can even tweet in at BFM Radio we'll really like to to what, what, what get pe- new people into the studio actually who what, want a career change who want a very different six months from now okay so so what should the um, um, consumer presenter look like it's not what he looks like or what or she s- looks no, no, like well, what, what should they be like what kind of characteristics um, they, they should be somebody that's gung-ho has a zest for life likes to break stories is innately break stories? break stories a little bit like you know we do innately curious about the world um, is a bit of a sucker for punishment because we have to get in at five in the morning um, but otherwise it's it's actually it's a very interesting job that's the least I can say okay well uh, careers at bfm.my is the email you should go to anyway so it's a packed show as always uh, quarter past seven there's a discussion on CPO prices because after hitting a high of 6,000 ringgit per metric ton they're now well below 5,000 so we talked to Akash Gupta of Fitch Ratings on the um, whys and wherefores and then on to talking about the chip war and we're not talking about french fries here actually but the essential part of any phone computer TV or even cars with Felix Lee equity analyst at Morningstar and then quarter to eight, that is, there's a discussion on uh, parliamentarism because this is the international day of parliamentarism. And uh, as the United Nations reminds us, it's time to review the progress that parliaments have made in being representative and moving with the times, including uh, having more women and younger MPs. So we speak to Andrew Koo, the lawyer for Channel Check. All this and more on the morning run today. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, Primitive Radio Gods with a highly evocative song title uh, named Standing Outside a Phone Booth with Money in My Hands. <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, this next item comes from uh, my new favourite um, news website. Uh, I think news is a bit of a stretch, but uh, worldofbuzz.com. <laughs> okay, so this story about yeah. our um, very popular Prime Minister, uh, Ismail Sabri, in Putrajaya, uh, attending a Jom Hebat uh, session with um, members of the Rakyat 
And he's come under scrutiny from the world of Buzz and netizens because the shirt that he was wearing, um, well, not the fact that he was out there pressing flesh with people, but the fact that he was wearing this shirt, um, ostensibly by uh, by Burberry, because some of the netizens went and looked up this shirt, and they found that the Prime Minister was wearing a Burberry shirt that cost 6,900 ringgit, so which then prompted a flurry of uh, criticism on, his, on the Prime Minister's Facebook, uh, saying that, you know, this is uh, our three months' worth of salary, you, you know, you're a bit far removed from reality, you know, people are suffering. Why are you wearing a shirt that's uh, A, designer, and B, expensive? But I also found that shirts to be, um, it's its not exactly the most uh, beautiful. It's not in your, it's, it's not your it's, taste. It's, it's, it's not going to win any design awards because it looks as if it's, um, someone took a bottle of Heinz ketchup and then sprayed it all over his shirt and that's what you get with his shirt. So, okay, yeah. you know this is not the first time that he's worn a very expensive designer shirt, right? He's also worn some Richard Mille uh, watches as well. Yeah, but yeah. okay, he's worn a similar shirt by, this, by the same brand um, when he went um, in when he was in Japan when he met uh, Singapore's counterpart Lee Sien Long. I wonder what it. Lee Sien Long was wearing. I don't think this shirt or anything similar <laughs> to this shirt. <laughs> it's just not not their style. Uh, at that time, he wore a white, black, and blue collared shirt, also valued, also believed to be valued at five thousand five hundred ringgit. So this shirt is purportedly six thousand nine hundred, right? Mm. Purportedly, mm. Um, yeah. So of course, you know, I think it 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 begs. There, of course, it raises a lot of eyebrows, particularly if you consider today's 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 New Straits Times headline is tightening the belt, mm-hmm. right? A bit removed from reality, lah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because against this backdrop of definitely rising costs of food, uh, rent. Uh, I think added to petrol, that, well, um, petrol if you use raw ninety five, but generally everything's gone up because yeah, 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 yeah everything it, it right? goes up, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are making, are making, having to make adjustments to make their end to make ends meet. So the the Straits Times article today even highlights that some have resorted to eating less or staying at home to save on transport costs. Others have cut down on their children's pocket money and are appealing for a respite. So this is what I think. Probably quite a lot of Rakyat are feeling. I, as I'm sure the B40s are feeling it. Some segments of the M40 are also feeling it for sure. And then you have news like this. Yeah, so so oftentimes now when I look at events, news events, right, I'm not so much concerned about the what because the what's happened. I'm more concerned about the why, right? Mm. And why why would someone in this position, um, you know, there's there's two kinds of reasons. La. Either this person chose this, this shirt himself. Or somebody at, bought it for him. Or someone right? bought it for him. Yeah, or chose but, it for him. Or chose it for him or gave it to him. Mm. And so so then why would that, if it, it was given to him as a, yeah, as a gift, why would he give it to this person? What would he expect in return and what are the consequences of it if the person bought it for himself what are you thinking who what kind of person shells out 7000 ringo on a shirt right i think the other thing um, is also okay the messaging that goes behind this one is that uh, you know when you see a lot of uh, leaders out there in the world they tend to wear their national out, national costume or you know the national dress right so for example indonesia jokowi is always in, in a batik and in yeah. a very pragmatic short sleeve batik because he's a man and that goes about rides a bicycle right uh, he, that's the image that he wants to portray so even in Philippines right the Filipino leaders they wear that white shirt that, mm. that national shirt that looks really suitable so you know one thing about 
this is that why don't we promote our national costume even more? Why do we need to wear uh, like a foreign brand to begin with? That well, costs so much. Didn't Mahathir, when we have such nice batik. Didn't Mahathir and his, his guys back in the day um, always advocate bush jackets? You know, yeah, those, yeah. <laughs> some people used to wear them all. It was really ugly right Well, now. it was... It's, <laughs> They were, they were. They were a sign of the times. The they were the trend of the times, right? They were not the last word in fashion. No, la. but I, I, you know, when we look back at Ismail Sabri, I remember the early days of COVID nineteen when we had those press conferences daily, right? And, and talking about COVID cases, what the government is doing. This is like March, April, May, June. He wore some really nice, very colorful batik shirts that resembled kueh. I would like him to go back to that because it is local local shirts. Yeah, I just you know I just want at least show lah, you know at least show that you care, at least show that you're in touch. But obviously this doesn't show that you're in touch because if you go and meet people wearing a seven thousand ringgit shirt and you're conducting press conferences in wearing Richard Mill watches, you know Richard Mill watches cost at least four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand ringgit. Some go up to two three million, right? Um, what, what are you trying to say? And you're on TV, you know. It's not as if people don't realise what these things are anymore. No, everyone, nothing is a secret anymore. Nothing is a in, secret in anymore. In the world of social media. You know, you take your phone, you know, you've you got Google Lens, right? You just zap it with your phone and it tells you and it tells you how much and where to buy it from. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You've got those things now? Yes. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> on that uh, bombshell, um, we'll come back after this with more news. 6.14, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, it is uh, 6.20 in the morning, and uh, we're going to continue on uh, after having listened to Tame Impala with Breathe Deeper. You now, need to do that when you read the paper sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And looking at the headlines. Breathe very deep. So, yeah. um, from, after having discussed a story from one of my... Uh, current favorite websites, um, uh, worldofbuzz.com. There's another new one of my favorite, another uh, okay, favorite let, website. Let, let's called, just be very um, clear. All these stories, <laughs> all of them, were chosen by the one and only yes, Kusu Trump. Yes, um, they sh- they are they're topping headlines all over the world because yes. this comes from says.com. Okay, <laughs> says.com is my other favorite new website. Anyway, so this continues on with the theme of being having lost some perspective when it comes to money, right? Mm. So it's not just our esteemed, beloved Prime Minister. It is also um, some netizens who also um, who, have, who, who, who organise weddings for their family members. So this particular Facebook posting by a, uh, one of the Facebook users pointed out that um, after having collected Ang Pao money for his cousin's wedding, s- lamented the fact that some people, some guests who turned up for the wedding, did not give um, enough money to cover the cost of the wedding. So then, which then prompted prompted a flurry of criticism from other Facebook users who said that, hey, you should not have weddings to to make profit from. People are, are, are having financial difficulties and they can't afford 300 ringgit because this Facebook user said some people even gave 50 ringgit or 100 ringgit, which to me, come on, if that's all you can afford, that's all you can afford. Yeah, now, right? I think, okay, I mean, when you go for a wedding, to be honest, or at least if you're inviting people for the wedding, you're not there to, to recoup your costs. Okay? Although a lot of people you're, think of it yes, in those terms. But you're there to celebrate what is an important moment in your life and you hope you want to share it with people, right? So I think that should be the, the intention. Um, but the reality is that Chuang is sniggering at me. <laughs> but it's true, otherwise why get married in the first place, yes, right? Why yes, have a yes, wedding yes. ceremony? Just go to the, you know, one of the, I think it's a... Or just invite your rich friends, lah. <laughs> you, know, you know, come on, right? Do a checklist. Poor, cancel. Poor, Cannot cancel. Come. Don't come. come. <laughs> Decline. Don't bother. Uh, this one, net household income. Okay, tick, yeah, tick, tick, yeah, tick. Yeah. yeah, okay, jokes aside. But, it, 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 you know, I don't think people should expect to, like, you know, have a have a account ledger and then, yay, zero at the end of the, uh, you know, it, like, nicely balances, right? It's not, it's not... 
that's not what the purpose of weddings are. But you know, I'm you know I know Chinese people because I happen to be one myself, right? A especially lot of people, one from Penang. Let's yeah, put it out there. Right? And right? Let's, let's let's be very honest. A yeah. lot of people, especially Chinese, have weddings so that they can you know obviously a celebrate and appease their parents and relatives, but also to make money from it because you want to cover the cost, lah. You know. So then, so then you know I was I I realized very early on. That someone who can't, who, who doesn't make a lot of money, who gives you 100 ringgit, mm. that is much, much more meaningful from a guy who can't afford it yeah. than someone who gives you 500 ringgit, but he's obviously very, very rich. And 500 and ringgit is nothing. nothing. Yeah. yeah, it means nothing. Yeah. So, so that's then, a very good perspective. Yes. But on the flip side, let's say you are, you know, you can afford an mm. angpao, but you're just cheap. Right. Um, it also is also depends on how close you are to the person. Yes. Right. So I've, I saw this website and it gives you this guide in terms of what do you think should be the right amount for the wedding ang pao, and I think it has some very uh, practical tips. One of which is you've got to ask yourself what is your relationship with the couple? Mm. Are you close? Not close? Where's the wedding reception venue? You know, like if it's at Mandarin Oriental, it ain't going to be cheap. You got to fork out. Yeah. Like, versus know? let's say in a hall somewhere. Okay. And then of course, where is the wedding? Is it in Klang Valley? or is it in Perlis? Big difference, right? Big difference. Yeah. And then also this part, I was like, the number of people invited to a wedding reception. Yes, so that's important as well. If it's a small wedding, maybe you want to give more. If it's a large wedding, maybe you want to give more or less. I'm not sure how it works. And the, the final question is, if you can't go, do you still then give an ang pao? Yes, uh, I think so. If you're close to that person. Yeah, I, yeah. I do as a practice. Yeah. So all these things are considered, but I think at the end of the day, uh, it shouldn't just all be about the money, right? Yeah, I mean, what happens if you come from abroad or you 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 travel from, say, Jakarta, if you're working there, right? Mm. The fact that you just made the trip, your A, your time, B, your yeah. cost, right? You know, one thing I think we can learn from the Western world is they have a wedding registry list. And I've seen, I've, I've been to these weddings. Yeah, they can be a bit mercenary though. No, I want but, this, I want that, I want yeah, that. Yeah, but then, you know. the prices really range. You know what I mean? There you is can a, choose. Yeah, you can yeah. choose. There is a wide range. It sometimes goes from like, you know, I've seen the UK ones. They go like from £20 to £2,000. So you can take the £20, £30 option. What happens if everybody takes, then you got 10 of the same, right? <laughs> Unless you cancel out, then yeah, you cannot buy that one. So you've got to be a bit careful and get to the wedding list fast <laughs> and choose the item that, you know, fits your budget. But really, weddings are more than just about money. And if you're intending to make money out of your friends, Hmm, what kind of wedding is this? Is a is it a business function? Yeah, so that's why that's why I chose the story because a lot of people have lost touch, you know, especially so this is a manifestation of the divide between the haves and the have nots. The have nots are very, very let's say sensitive to these issues. The haves, they've they've lost touch. But the other thing is, as if you're the one getting married, plan the wedding that you can afford, assuming people don't give you any money. Okay, I think that's a, the that's that's what it is, right? Here's a third option. How about you don't get married? How about you don't have the ceremony? How about you just go to say uh, Long Prabang with six of your best friends, right? And you have a real close and intimate Why session. Why not? That's what you like. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, well, tell us what you think uh, as well as with the other story. Uh, tweet us at BFM Radio or WhatsApp 0187898899. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9 Arcade Fire with Electric Blue. It is 6.40 in the morning with me, Khusu Chong, and Wong Chowning. And it's time to look at some international news. And, uh, you know, we're just a few days away from uh, the ever-popular 4th of July, July Day weekend in the US. Mm, and, barbecues, um, barbecues, barbecues. Yes, and traditionally uh, a time of road trips and, uh, you know, holidays and flying everywhere. But um, this whole thing with uh, oil prices and inflation have actually, according to the data from the conference board, uh, thwarted plans for travel. Because according to the conference data board, 
Um, people who plan a road trip in America in the next six months actually fell to 23% in June mm. uh, and only 36% intend to take a vacation within the next six months. This is the lowest level in the data set going back 40 years. Roughly about the same time as inflation has been this high. high also high in 40 years, years, right? No coincidence. So there is finally demand destruction when it comes to oil prices. Yeah. But we're yeah. not seeing that because currently oil prices still 116 US dollars a barrel, up 53%. This brand crude, of course. Maybe oil traders are, but West Texas is, is at 109. And it's some way short of the 120 bucks or 115 that you know we saw a few, a few days ago. Because the thing is, oil prices were basically high due to two reasons. A supply shock because obviously... Um, there was a lack of investment in the area. Mm. Then the Russian, you know, Russian supplies about ten percent of global lack of refining capacity. And then the other thing that came in was the basically demand, right? Because borders are open, people are back on the road. Yep. And now the thing is, in America, fuel prices are six bucks a barrel, and it's all fifty states six, about six bucks six dollars a, a gallon. Six bucks a gallon, which is a lot highest in don't know how many years, forty yeah. years lah, you know. Uh, but yeah, surprisingly, like I, I can't figure out the, the correlation between Brent crude and what what demand destruction we are seeing now seems to be doesn't seem to be in sync at the moment maybe that will be reflected later on in in all prices who knows yeah. uh, but other international news I want to highlight is an article in the New Straits Times it's a bit of a sad news actually for media uh, because Rappler has been ordered to close. Now, Rappler is run by the Filipino Nobel Peace Prize winner Maria Reza. That's her news company. Uh, she's withstood a lot of criticism and almost attacks. I won't call it attacks, but, you know, um, threats by uh, President Rodrigo Dudate, who is due to actually leave office very soon. And But she's, she's vowed to keep the site running. And I think this is where, when you, you stand up, to the strong men of Philippines, right? And you just basically report news as it is. Then you are going to have to withstand a lot of criticism and shutting down of media. Yeah, so what kind of like, news websites makes money in this day and age, right? And, uh, you know, and we, she's gotten a lot of legal harassment also, which yeah, costs her time, yeah, money and yeah. energy. So sometimes it's a thankless task, right? And you've got to ask yourself, what kind of new... Which partly explains why we've got the kind of news websites we've got now. And sometimes we malign, you know, in Malaysia, sites like Worldabuzz or, or mm. com. But, you know, you go to Worldabuzz.com, it's full of ads, right? Yeah. And it's basically the textual equivalent of Instagram shorts or YouTube shorts because every story you want to read because all they're all clickbait, right? Yeah. So, I mean, for her website, it's a really serious news website, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, kudos to her for standing up against all this over the next few years. I mean, the last few years. But she's apparently uh, vowed to continue her website, maybe offshore. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, okay, very quickly. Other news, right? The news, the Singapore Straits Times is reporting on the na on NATO, which starts on uh, which started on Wednesday. It's basically what's unusual is you've got some countries who aren't normally there, there, one of which is Japan. For the summit. Why did that? Because they're buddies with America? Well, I think because they're just very worried about the whole new world order and the uh, Russian attack on Ukraine and everybody feels they need to buddy up in terms of who their allies are. Yeah, uh, it's the first, basically the us versus them, isn't it? You know, the mm. G8s and the um So you've the got NATO Japan, guys, yeah. South Korea, Australia and New Zealand attending a NATO summit for the first time. Yeah, Against the backdrop of China building up its military force nuclear weapons in the region. And two new members, Sweden and Finland, right? Mm. So I think also Biden has is, is signed off on the sale of some more jets to Turkey. Just saw that in the yeah, the Economist as well. Um, my item actually, my next item actually is a bit more businessy. It's coming from uh, one of the most famous short sellers in the world, Jim Chanos. Just So Chanos in, in a Financial Times interview talked about how his biggest trade right now is a short 
on um, data centers, read-owned data centers, because what? he said, yes, so this is it, right? I thought it was a hot trade for the year. No, 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 no. no. A hot so, trade for the last few so years. So the biggest customers historically have been the big data, you know, the big web providers, Amazon yes. Web Services, uh, uh, Microsoft Azure. The thing is, now those companies are investing in their own data centers. Not oh, having so to they're outsource. not going to outsource anymore. Yeah, so, okay. so Jim Chenos has basically raised a new fund to short uh, reads own data centers. And if you want to make a trade in these volatile times, maybe that's one of them. Oh, interesting, interesting. stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, another big meeting. Looks like there've been many big meetings, right? So you've had G7 just a few days ago. Now you've got NATO. Guess what? Central bankers also got together and had a little powwow. Uh, so the Financial Times is reporting that the ECB, Fed and Bank of England, um, the bosses of all these three central banks, have a warning of a painful shift after massive geopolitical shock of Ukraine, of the Ukraine war and the pandemic. Yeah, Asian so central bankers, right? Uh, not the Asian central bankers. Asian central bankers, because that's the thing, the story in the edge as well. And I think from Bloomberg, basically facing this huge conundrum because of the that's flight the, to the dollar. Yeah, that's the currency. But there is a meeting with these three central bankers, right? So ECB, Bank of England, the Fed. Now, they're warning of an era of low interest rates and moderate inflation. It's over, okay? At the same time, Asian central bankers are feeling the heat of rising interest rates in, in of course, the West causing a shift of fund flow out of emerging markets back into the, to developed markets, right? And that is, yes, what you just said, Kuchuang, causing a shock to Asian currencies. And yet the ringgit to the dollar is 4.3955, which then makes me wonder how much intervention there's been to defend the ringgit. We are in a little bit slightly different space because we are still a net energy exporter. So, you know, we do benefit and we are still commodity driven. So we do benefit from the recent pr- rise in prices of oil. But yes, we have seen definitely, I think there is some intervention because the drop in Bank Nagara reserves, the last reported number is one of the highest in a, a few years, I think down by 3.6 billion ringgit. And to be read in the context of the fact that Malaysian spending on subsidies will hit 77 billion ringgit this year, the highest ever on record. Okay, 6.47 in the morning. We'll come back after this with some local news. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9. Todd Rundgren with I Saw the Light. It is uh, 6.51 in the morning with me, Ku Chung and Wong Xiaoning. And I, this little item in, again, says.com, citing a report from Barita Harian, okay? Um... Dr. Ismaniza Ismail, a senior lecturer at the School of Chemistry for the, in uh, University Technology, Mara, pointed out that Malaysians, especially in the Klang Valley, spend too much tra- time in traffic jams, 44 hours a month or at least one or two hours per day. And this is because borders are reopened, people are going to work, employers want their people to, to go back to the office and uh, it's, it's all hell loose on highways once again, for where sure. you can see. I it's was, terrible. I was, I was out and about yesterday for a short while and I was really shocked by the amount of cars on the road. But guess what? If you apply to the morning run and you work <laughs> as a presenter, let me tell you, traffic jam is something you will not experience because you have to come in at five in the morning and you'll be... On my journey, I always play this game where I count the number of cars on the road and barely there's 12, okay? Barely. Every 12 day. is a lot. 12, I, yeah. I, you know, 12 cars. And then when you leave work because we finish early, you also don't get to endure, endure any traffic jams. So do apply if you're interested, if you uh, want to avoid traffic jams. You can send your CV to careers at bfm.my. Yeah, and you get to work with Wong Chowning. Um, what a lucky person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chong is rolling his eyes, by the way. I've been taking a lot of MRT. And uh, in fact, la- night before last, we had a dinner in uh, Pasasini. 
two stops away from my house. It's fantastic. Yes, you could also fantastic. always take public transport. That and it's is free true. because, you know, thanks to the beloved Prime Minister, we've got a month of our free rides. Yes. All uh, public transport. All public transport in the Klang Valley. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about some telco news. There's a series of telco news out there, one of which is the Not for Exeter and Telenor um, has been given by MCMC. So there's no objection anymore to this merger. It had been delayed slightly. Looks like it's going to go ahead. But related to this is a story that I'm seeing in the C H Morning Brief and it's about the DNB which you know it's the story that keeps on giving right because it's the saga that never seems to end but this is a story in the edge but it was apparently reported by the Singapore Straits Times so industry sources claim that a non-binding term sheet had been agreed upon by six telcos ahead of the deadline along with the shareholder agreement to take up stakes in DNB expected to be signed early next month there's currently a due diligence going on and the six telcos are um, Cellcom, DG, Maxis, U-Mobile, collectively known as CDMU, will take up equal shares in this DNB. Yeah, okay. So that's interesting. Uh, finally, all people are on board and the reservations, I presume, have been... Reservations in terms of not having taken the stake have been ironed out. Uh, my item is a little, bit more, a little bit more pedestrian because if you've ever been to Kabun Kabun Bangsa, yeah. um, that little you know, patch of heaven has been issued an eviction notice by the government and they've been told to close shop. And I think this is because of complaints in the neighbourhood. I don't know whether you've been there. It's beautiful. I have. And um, um, I it's think gorgeous. It, it's also because they have breached some of the terms. So they were keeping livestock. Yep. I think the livestock was also making a lot of noise. They had built permanent structure, which they weren't supposed to. So uh, it looks like, I, I don't know whether, this is, whether that's the end of the road for Kapun Kapun Bangsa. Uh, to be fair, they did breach these terms. Yeah, and but the thing is, if you're a child or you're, you know, f- parents of kids who have been there, uh, the kids love the fact that they can see peacocks and geese and cows, um, and all kinds of uh, you know animals in in in, the, in basically very near the house. So, and there's also a lot of um, farming, right? So you you could buy vegetables and fruits. It was lovely. Mm. Uh, I thought it was really fantastic. But the, the thing the thing is, I don't know. Rules are rules, I guess. So if they comply with those rules, maybe they can stay open. Yeah, and um, that's that's a possibility. Um, the other headline, of course, is that guess what? Your chicken prices are going to stay cheap, cheaper. It's not cheap, cheap, but cheaper. So remember, the old seating price was eight ringgit and ninety cents. That was supposed to end on uh, today. So that's eight ninety per kilo. It's now revised to nine forty per kilo. That's the new seating price. Eggs also. There's a new seating price. So grade A eggs are forty five cents. It used to be forty three cents. Grade B was forty one cents. Now it's forty three cents. So basically, there's a two cents increase in all your egg prices. Okay. Okay. So not huge. I also saw that yesterday, cooking oil the subsidy. Uh, there's been a bit of a deluge of of uh, orders and 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 basically panic buying because the cooking oil prices are set to go up, I, I understand, right? Yes, um, yeah. except for the packet oil. Today is also the last day if you want to book your car, if you want to get a SST exemption, if provided you get it delivered before the end of March next year. Uh, so I think apparently a lot of... Uh, Showrooms were very busy, the last over the weekend especially. Yeah, in fact, uh, I saw Burma's, in alternate HDO brief, uh, Burma's head, uh, Dr. Sri Benyo, saying that they've got uh, backlog orders for, I think, 9,000 Mazda cars, which they will deliver by the first quarter of next year in time for the SST exemption. Okay, 6.56 in the morning. We'll come back up to this with some with the news. And of course, uh, beyond that, markets with Vishnu Varathan, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.